T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. has set a major league record for strikeouts in a game. Derek Jeter with one of the most unbelievable plays you will ever see by a shortstop. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Welcome back to Fanbase, a deep dive in the greatest rivalry in sports. John Senecal here, along with Brian Shackman. And the Yankees Red Sox are finally going to square off at the end of the season now, and it don't mean nothing. Nothing. I mean, it means less. We've known all year that this rivalry has sort of taken a pause, not only because it's a 60-game season and there's a lot of fans out there who don't care, but also because the Yankees are so much better than the Red Sox. But it's funny, uh, we go into the series with the Yankees. They weren't uh, that good a week well, ago when I mean, our, last, our last episode was they like were, they were a mess. They were behind Toronto and Baltimore. Baltimore was sniffing on their back door or tied with them or something. So they've won. I don't want to date us here, but they've basically gone on a really huge winning streak. And what I'm curious about, since I don't want to see Yankees unless they're playing the Red Sox, is what the heck happened? Uh, Glaber started hitting. Glaber Torres. Uh, Voight has been hitting. Um, Debbie Garcia has been pitching good. Cole is pitching good. Um the Red Devil, man. You, like you said, you can't kill him. Yeah, kill him. He just keeps coming back. And uh, home runs, the Bronx Bombers are back. They're hitting home runs again. And now Judge is back, who went, struck out three times last night. Um, but uh, And Stanton's back. So but every time they run down the bases, I grimace a little I bit. Know, they could be, at any moment, their season could yeah, be over. But they're striding good right now. And they have all those guys in there, and it gets pitches. Like, who was the catcher who hit three home runs this week? Higashioka. You can Yesterday. say it? Can you say it? Higashioka. Okay. He's the GOAT. <laughs> um, it was Higashioka with the Stroka is what yeah. Sterling said. Which that was pretty good. I don't he, like Sterling at all. He does have um, some nice calls. But though. some of them are pretty good. But my point is, is that like a guy like that probably saw a couple better pitches than he would normally if you didn't have Stanton and Judge. It's crazy, though. Yeah, exactly. But 33 runs in the last two games against the Blue Jays. Their pitching hasn't been great, obviously. Um, but 33 runs in two days. So I guess the question is now... They're definitely going to make the postseason. They should. They're a five seed right now. They were an eight seed when we talked last. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, barring any catastrophic meltdown, um, you know, if they if they just play normal baseball, yes. Okay. Do. So assume they get in there and assume they stay at four or five or whatever. Uh, how do you sort of handicap their chances against a Tampa, an Oakland, or whomever? Yeah. Like, look, I think it looks like they'd be they'd be going up against Minnesota right now, but they're still like you know eleven, twelve games to play, so. 
you know, this is the way I look at it. Baseball's streaky, right? And they're streaking good right now. If Can they keep that going for 12 more games? Maybe that helps them because they need Judge and they need Stanton, to, if they're going to play, to get more, you know, get more at-bats and then they'll go into this postseason good. But, you know, I've, I've said it all along. If they're healthy, they're, they can beat anybody if they're healthy. Because if their pitching kind of falters, you can see what they can do with their bats. Right. And the thing is, and the thing about getting hot is funny because I, I would say that if this is their, their run, they're peaking a little too early. Right. And so what they have, you know, maybe 10 games left in the season and then they have to win a slew of games to win. With no off days. Right. And, that came as a shock day. to some to some people. I think. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's how it that's how it's got to be. And I mean, forget about the fact that, you know, I'm discounting the value of this World Series, but if your goal is to win it, I think you probably you, this is I'd say two things. One is it's it's not a good time to peak cuz you'd rather lose a couple and, and and win a couple to finish the season. Right. However, I think it's really good for Judge and Stan to come back now because they can work out all the cobwebs. Exactly. And get... They got a few games. You could tell Judge Judge was, was rusty last night. You could tell. He's, I mean, what what are they facing down at their alternate site in Scranton? You know what right. I mean? They're not facing major league pitchers that are going to be gunning after you. You know, it's, it's a totally different ballgame, obviously. But uh, let's hope so. I hope so because, you know, Red Devil moves to left. Right. Chicks is in center. And Judge is in right. And Stanton's your DH. And it's look, a... It's a... It's a heck of a lineup. Yeah, and DJ's just doing DJ things. He's been doing it all year. He's, he's amazing. He's just amazing. So it's funny you talk about the alternate site because in some ways for the Red Sox, that's where some of the only interesting things happening. So like for the Red Sox, there's no chance. they If it weren't for the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates, they'd have the most losses in the yeah. entire major leagues, uh, which is an embarrassment. And we've talked too many times about how good teams, good franchises should never be where the Red Sox are. I'm not going to go do that again but what i'm going to say is like so tanner Houck gets called up from the alternate alternate site or whatever and comes up and where is their alternate site it's in Pawtucket still i think and uh because they're there until next year where they go to worcester but he goes and get you know he pitched five innings got a win but that was the first thing like the the, the sports writers could talk about a kid who's in his dream to make his major league right. debut and the kid basically the story is uh he makes his major league debut and he doesn't care it doesn't matter to him on several level who if there's fans He's or whatever happy to be there. he gets to pitch in the bigs right. which he'll always have for his rest of his life i don't care people who are listening and watching like making the highest level of a sport is incredibly difficult insanely difficult it, and so he gets to make his debut and it's a story that you can feel good about and also for his future he gets to start his service time which i think is hugely important for like his yeah. financial future so those little things uh it, it's a good story to wrap your arms around hopefully he does well and they handle him well and then you get in terms of the roster i mean i mean outside of alex verdugo not much there isn't much to talk about and and so Verdugo's great because I don't know if you saw it uh, recently. He, I think he had three hits, and he went up at the bat, and he got squeezed on a third strike and got called out. And he was clearly correct. It was not a strike. It was a ball. Right. And he was mad. And I'd like to see that because he already had three hits. The game was – who cares about the game? Because so, they're losing. Yeah. They have no – and the fact that he competed like that late in the game, and sure, maybe it's selfish because he, he wants to get hits or walks, but the bottom line is that, that he cares – it, it's a cue as to whether he cares. Yes, he's passionate. But, I mean, it could be a frustration, too, because if you've been watching any baseball this year, the umpires have gone back to the old school where they're really starting to call stuff way off the plate. 
I don't mind. Okay, let's talk about that for a second because you know in the old Atlanta Braves days with Glavin and oh, it started and here and end here. No, but they would just they 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 just squeezed everybody so much and they would paint the corners and I, I feel like it. I feel like Nita Chest is okay. Like yeah. I feel like. But it's crazy though because we're so used to watching the K Zone or the box or whatever they want to call it, right? right. And. It's, I'm noticing that, like, I'll flip around, I'll have, I have the MLB TV thing. So I flip around, and a lot of places aren't using that because it's really showing the umpires are really stretching. Do you think it. it's in the, they're getting a message sent down? No, I think they're doing it because they know they, they're not going to get argued with. It's COVID. I think they're just like, screw it, call what you want. They can't argue with us. Have the announcers said the same thing? I, I don't heard know. That. I haven't, I, none. So the no, I haven't, that, I haven't heard any Yankee announcers or any other announcers that's say That's interesting. It. So you, that's my take. Your theory it. is that the umpires are feeling their oats because. They can't argue. No with one's going to get in their face. Nope. I mean, think about it. All right, Verdugo's, I didn't see it, but Verdugo's call you're talking about, right? Yeah. If it was non-COVID, don't you think he would be even more animated? And get in his face, maybe? Yes. Or maybe even the manager. Right. I mean, it, it and was there's worth- none of that this year. I mean, right. as soon as someone starts chirping from the dugout, they'll turn around and be like, that's enough. Right. That's enough. You know, and so it's, that's my, that's my take. That's what I think is happening. So there's two things I would say to that. One is, I think a bigger strike zone is okay. I, think I do that, too. That, I think that the hitters, the pitchers have had too much taken away from them. And my biggest pet peeve in baseball, and it's hard because you throw 95, going inside is a threat, right? It is a direct Absolutely. threat to your livelihood. At the same time, these guys hang over the plate like they have nothing to fear. Right on top of the plate. And I, I hate that. I, I mean, I, I really think that the old days of being able to brush somebody back or what have you need to return because you need that inside corner you need to be able to to use it as a pitcher yeah. well, now nowadays a ball four inches in a guy's falling on his back right but that shouldn't be the case no it shouldn't be the case 20 years ago if you threw 92 you threw heat if you throw 92 today you're borderline kind of slow yeah i mean i think that it's gotten faster as long as you can generally like you can still get killed by 92 as much as you can right. get killed by 96 but there's, there's more faster pitchers nowadays there is i mean but i, I you know you didn't see the 100-mile-an-hour fireballers, but it seems like every team now has a dude that can get 98 to 100. Right. And it's not just their closer. I mean, Cole was hitting 99 last night. That's incredible. So I remember I used to do, like, uh, I had a couple opportunities to take a little BP off a machine at Fenway, and we're talking, like, 60s, low 70s, and I struggled. I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know how they do it. I mean, it's all sort of guesswork. I mean, a lot of guesswork. A lot of guesswork. That's where this home run strikeout relationship has become because if something's coming at you 95. It'd be nice if we could talk to a major leaguer, a former major leaguer or a major leaguer, and ask them that question. Well, we're going to do that. We are going to do that. Um, It's going to be, I don't know if it's the next episode or the one after, but we're going to talk with Rico Bronia. Uh, I always think of him as a Met and a Philly. But the interesting thing about him... He played 43 games with the Sox. He did, and he played, He did not do well. He wasn't healthy, but he did something. He hit a home Fenway Park walk-off Grand Slam. Yep. And he's a kid whose dad grew up in the north end of Boston. He grew up in Connecticut. But he did, and we'll talk about it, he had more of a Red Sox than a Yankee household, even though he grew up in Connecticut. And we're going to talk about, and we're going to talk a lot about his career. And he was there in the steroid era. I mean, we could have a five and a half hour podcast. Oh, sure. I'm sure. Maybe we might have to break it up. But he grew up a Red Sox fan. 
And he had a walk-off Grand Slam in Fenway Park. Think about that. That's what every kid dreams of. I mean, that's backyard. Right. It doesn't matter what the score is. Yeah. You know, obviously you won the game, but it doesn't matter, you know, what you did in that game other than that. And he doesn't get asked about it a lot because I know one of his claims to fame is that he hit the first home run at Coors Field yep. after the Rockies expanded. So everyone kind of wants to talk about that or some other things with the Mets that's and the Phillies. Stuff, but, but, you know, we, he doesn't talk about it. So I, we're really excited to, to talk to him and get his also take on, on the rivalry and what's going on uh, with these two teams and the shortened season. I mean, there's a thousand things. This notebook is full of questions for Rico Bronia. But I w- want to close this off uh, for today, John Seneca and Brian Shackman here on Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. If, if the Yankees can make a run, will it, I mean, you love baseball. Like, you could put... You could put Little League on TV and you'd watch it. That's yep. the kind of baseball fan you are. I'm not quite there, but if they win, does it mean something to you? Um, I mean, they won. I mean, I'd be more interested in how they win if they win. You know, is it, it the excitement? How are the games going to be? If what's there's gonna, a Game 7 type thing? Right. What's it going to be? Uh, in the grand scheme of things, I think no matter who wins, there's all, it's, just, it's just not going to be looked, up, looked upon the same. Um, but... You know, their chances, if they get in, there's, there's, there's good teams, man. They're, you know, the Dodgers are good. The Padres are really good. They're the really White fun. Sox yeah. are really good. The Twins are really good. I mean, the Braves are good. I mean, any, any number of these 16 teams that get in, I would say five, five to seven of them have a legit, legit shot that they could win the chip. You know, we didn't know that Padres were going to be this fun when we no. talked to Bobby Dickerson. I no, and they, they doubled down, man. They just went all in. I wonder if we could get him back to talk about what's going on because I, I want to talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. What kind of guy he is? Just because like he's like the most exciting player in all he of is. baseball. He is. Everybody, everything. He's signing deals left and right, and everybody talks about him. That's what they want. And they and they dogged on him for hitting that grand slam, and then someone else just did it the other night. Yeah, I mean, hey, who cares? Now, just quick story before you say goodbye because I was wording it. ESPN, I'm pretty sure his dad had two Grand Slams in a game. Yes. And I was working that night in the newsroom at ESPN, and the place was electric. Because, you know, the ESPN has these pods, and so there'd be, like, uh, talent, talent, producer, producer, and they would just be talking the whole time about yeah. leads and this and that and the other thing. And every show's got a pod. And baseball tonight, I was a scrub. I was just uh, a... gopher? Uh, no, I was just... I worked for ESPN.com, <laughs> and I was there in case news broke. I helped get the information to the web people, and that's all I did. And I just sat there all night and just watched. watched. I mean, yeah. literally, as a 27-year-old kid... Best job in the world. It, then ESPN was everything. I oh, mean, yeah. So, and so... And when he hit that second Grand Slam, I'll never forget it. Just everyone was going bananas. But the fact that his son, I mean, so this was like, it must have been in like 1999 or 2000. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And so the fact that his son is now in the bigs just kind of makes me feel old, but also blows me away. It's crazy. It's crazy. And he's really good. He's really good. It'd be awesome. I'll try to get Bobby back on. We'll see. We might have to to wait till after the season. Yeah, he's probably a little busy right now. Yeah, we might have to. After the season. But we're happy for him, though, because this might lead him to get his manager job. Yeah, and front row seat, too. I mean, even if you don't win, I mean, you're going to the playoffs. I think they're a four seed right now. And this seeding is all weird based on how you're finishing the division and all that right. stuff. Um, but, yeah, what a great front row seat to be at. So, listen, if you want to go back, a couple episodes ago we talked to the bench coach for the San Diego Padres, Bobby Dickerson, who's an old friend of John's. Two episodes we did. And they were two of the, probably the best episodes we did in terms of his philosophy on hitting, on baseball, and the approach to COVID. Some of his comments on COVID are a little dated, obviously, but it is just worthy of your time. Yep. But our time has ended for this episode. Catch us wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, we'll see you at the next one.
really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.